Hi guys, it's Grace, your host of the Because Why Not podcast. I've missed you. I've wanted to be here and um, it's taken me a couple weeks to get back here and I am thankful and glad to be here with you. I have been thinking about all the things I want to say and have so many things I want to talk about, but um, you know, I just have been running a mile a minute with it being May and lots of travel and lots of events that, you know, keep me busy still these days. And, um, yeah, lots happening, but last weekend was the high school reunion. And so I am doing a little follow-up show here about it. Um, and I'm just so glad that I can sit here and talk about this now with you. This week has been a doozy getting back into life after uh, being away and had some kind of ridiculous life things happen to me that um, my uh, bestie in Denver, Courtney, told me that I must share because it's podcastable, as she said. And so I'll just share um, this one story in particular, because I just always want you to know that you're not alone. We are not alone. We are all together experiencing the joy and ridiculousness that is life sometimes. But, oh my gosh, I had to do welcome bags, uh, this week for a wedding and, you know, hotel welcome bags where you put in an itinerary for what's happening, um, in the weekend and put in snacks and water and all kinds of stuff. And, um, 21 years into my career as an event planner and wedding planner, I will say, um, I've sort of gotten to the point where I'm tired of stuffing bags. I am not above hard work or doing the dirty work. Anyone who knows me knows that, but you know, I just am kind of over the shopping, stuffing, delivering of the bags. And fortunately, lots of times I have some nice, um, young, energetic people who like to help me. But this week I was doing the bags. No worries. No problem. It was 35 bags. I was like, no problem. I got it. So, um, I was on my own for a couple of days this week because Maddie's away doing his cider stuff and emceeing a big festival and, um, so I was on my own with the boys and running a mile a minute, getting to school, doing this and that. And I had one particularly difficult morning with my seven and a half year old who is, um, I would say wise beyond his years and very emotional. And that also makes him brilliantly manipulative, um, in an emotional sabotaging sort of a way, which is really kind of incredible to witness, um, just to see the way his mind works and how emotionally mature and developed it is and how he can spin words and, you know, just create thoughts to make things work for him the way that he needs them to work. I don't know if that means he's going to become a lawyer or what. I, I just, I don't, I don't know what that means, but it's brilliant, but it's also, really frustrating because, um, for all the reasons you can imagine, he is, um, a very strong willed kid and, um, mixed with a lot of emotion. But so we were having 
one particularly tough morning and just arguing a lot. And I was trying to go into my Zen master mommy, um, you know, gratitude is the attitude sort of speech and saying, you know, listen, I don't like to start my morning like this. I know that you're feeling crabby and you're feeling frustrated and, um, but you know, you really can control the way that this morning goes. You can choose to be in a good mood. You don't have to be in a bad mood. You've got everything going for you and you, so I'm going into this whole thing and, and it's really like falling on deaf ears. And then what we do is we just get into this mode where we are just egging each other on and it turns into this storm and then it turns into a hurricane and then it explodes and and um, it happens a lot more seldomly than it used to because I think I'm aware of the cycle that we create together. Um, and I'm absolutely trying so hard to nip this in the bud before he is 13. And it is a real issue. <laughs> I've heard a lot about 13-year-olds from my friends uh, recently, particularly last weekend at high school. Uh, so I need to get a handle on some things before I have a teenager to contend with. But anyway, Court was so upset and so frustrated and so worked up. And he said to me, Mommy, I'm only seven and a half years old. You are the grown up. You are the one for con you are the one who is in charge of setting the tone and controlling whatever mood it is this morning. You are the adult. I am the child. And he's saying all of this as he's crying his eyes out. And all I could think to myself was, oh my God, this kid is right. He's absolutely right. I can't believe the things he's saying to me. And I'm so frustrated with him right now, but he is right. And wow. Um, so you know, we worked it out and we drove to school and had a really good conversation. And I talked about how, you know, I don't want to be upset and I don't like to get upset and I want to communicate well with him and with both of them. And, you know, that all I'm trying to do every day is make choices that keep them safe and healthy and happy. That's all I'm trying to do and that we need to work together and communicate. And we had a great talk. Um, but wow. So that was my morning. That was the doozy. And you think that's the story I'm telling you, but you know, there's always more. Um, you know, I have a lot of words when I'm telling a story. I'm not good at keeping it short, but I went to go shopping for these hotel bags. And so I was like, I'm on it. I'm going to drop them off at school. I'm going to go to Costco. I'm going to get all this stuff. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get these bags done and then I'm going to deliver them and then I'm going to be done and it's going to be great. Um, so I went to Costco, got there at 845. Well, guess what? Costco opens at 10. Um, for those of you who don't know, Costco opens at 10 a.m., um, so then I was like, okay, no problem. I'm going to go to Target. These are only 35 bags going to go to Target. Well, then I just got so excited that I had extra time and I was going to have time alone in Target. And I mean, isn't that just the greatest gift in life when you are alone in Target and you have extra time? I mean, 
come on. So I did my shopping for all the hotel bag stuff. I was very fastidious. I got everything I needed. And then I took some extra time to look at some extra things in Target and did some grocery shopping. Of course, picked up a cute top, picked up a cute pillow because one always needs another throw pillow. Um, and yeah, got to the checkout. Um, a woman rang me up at the checkout who never does, um, work as a cashier, I guess. So she took longer and she was really nice, but she was really apologetic about not knowing any of the codes. And so it took her a long time and it was fine. So $400 later, um, I went to pay and guess what guys, no wallet, didn't have a wallet. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to my car. Can you just hold all this? I'm going to go to my car because very often it's in the console of my car. And the night before I had picked up the boys at school, we had to go to a baseball game. I went to the Chick-fil-A drive-thru cause we do that once a week. Um, and went to my car, no wallet, no wallet, no wallet. So I went back into Target, spoke to the woman, said, I've got to go home and look for my wallet. Can you please hold all this for me? And she said, I will try. I don't know how long it will stay in the system. Okay, so I went home, and the whole time I'm driving home, I kept thinking, it's a really good thing that I am neck deep in positive self-talk and self-help. Um, and I'm going to do a podcast on that, uh, later this week or next week, um, about all the work I've been doing with all the positive self-talk cause it's pretty amazing. But the whole time I was driving home, I was like, well, time to put it to use. So I was saying everything is okay. Everything is okay. No matter what, if the wallet's lost, it's just a wallet. I'll replace the wallet. If the credit cards have been compromised it's okay. Maybe the person who stole my credit cards has been using the money for things that they really need and buying themselves groceries that they really need. And then they have groceries that they really need or things they need. And I'll go home and cancel the credit cards and that will be okay. And I'll get a new wallet. And, um, you know, I do have all of my, my mom's information in my wallet because I'm responsible for her, um, finances. So I was thinking, I just hope that they didn't compromise her stuff, but you know, it's going to be okay. And it's just a wallet and, you know, just like ridiculous self-talk till I got home. And I was like, I'm going to walk in here and I can visualize the wallet. I'm visualizing the wallet. The wallet's on the counter. It's on the counter. The wallet's on the counter. So I go inside the house, no wallet no wallet, no wallet. And then I went into the mudroom. There are piles of things. If you can just imagine this countertop with artwork from school, first grade workbook pages, pens, sunglasses, keys, water bottles, mail, catalogs, art. I mean, everything. And I started moving things and I realized that this morning I had pulled out a pile of stuff from my bag because my bag was so heavy and I wanted to make room in my bag because I was going to Costco in theory, though Costco was closed when I got there. Um, so I found my wallet. There it was. Hooray. I found my wallet, went back to Target, got all my stuff, got home, did the hotel bags, 
delivered them, came home, took a deep breath, got going to where I needed to go next. I was on a deadline. It was crazy. It was a day. And sometimes there are just days. Um, But, you know, I got to tell you guys, as much of a cluster, you know what that was. Um, I really leaned into the clusterness of it. And, um, and it was okay. It actually really helped me to go to the kind of worst case scenario. That's, that's, I will share one tool I use a lot when I'm feeling overwhelmed by something or worried about something. I do often, um, go through worst case scenarios with myself. What is the very worst case scenario? And I talk myself through what that worst case scenario is and what the outcome will be if I have to face that worst case scenario. And, um, it's actually really helpful. I don't think it's great to, to focus on negative things, but I do think that if you are kind of prepared, it's like a rain plan for a wedding, then if it does rain, you have walked yourself through what that day will be like in the rain and you're mentally prepared. You're more mentally prepared than you would have been. Um, so, you know, everything always ends up okay. Um, even if it doesn't, you know, last night I did an event and there was a lot of things happening that just couldn't be, couldn't be helped. The food truck who was also providing the bar. So basically food and beverage, um, for this rehearsal dinner, they got a flat tire on the highway. They got set up and started serving an hour after the event started. Nothing we could do about that. One of the transit buses who was bringing people from hotels broke down on the side of the road. People got to the party an hour late, hour and 15 minutes late. Um, One of the buses, nothing we can do about that. The bride and groom handled it beautifully. It was frustrating, but you know, life happens and we really have to choose how we're going to deal with it um, and how we're going to face it and getting all bunged up and uh, in a wad about it and, um, been out of shape about it absolutely doesn't help anything and doesn't make anything better. And, um, I am, you know, really like undoing a lifetime of behavior where I get bunged up about little things. Um, and it's really freeing once you let that go. So I want to share that with you, put that out there. And now for the, um, high school reunion recap, because I know now that there are plenty of you out there who I went to high school with who are listening. And I love that you're listening. Thank you so much for listening. And so many of you who I didn't go to high school with, but who are very present in my life, who are listening and got a kick out of that, um, episode about my high school reunion anxiety and, and, and also told me that you learned so much about me from that episode. And, you know, I so appreciate you listening. I'm so glad that you find this entertaining and are humoring me and allowing me to be vulnerable and all the things. I just, I really appreciate all of it. I especially appreciate the love and the feedback and love having conversations with you about it. 
that high school reunion anxiety episode was like the height of me being vulnerable and sharing all of that stuff. And of course, there were many stories in there that many of you didn't know about me before, because if you got to know me um, when I moved to North Carolina when I was 28, um, I probably wasn't sharing a ton of stories from high school because it it was in the past, you know, it wasn't um, something that had happened recently. It wasn't stuff I carried around with me. I wasn't someone who, you know, had a big arsenal of amazing, hilarious, wonderful stories from high school that I always wanted to draw upon. And I really was in a place for so many years where college had been like my golden ticket. It had um, been such a positive, incredible, nurturing experience for me and gave me all the things I needed that I in so many ways hadn't received in high school that um, or that I hadn't been able to make happen for myself in high school, I guess. Um, But so I, I always carried around college with me as this sort of precious gem and uh, the thing that I really held on to for a long time. So it's been really interesting revisiting high school because I did go back to high school for my fifth and 10th reunions, but I hadn't been back in 15 years. And so it's been really interesting to think about it um, as a 43 year old woman going back for the first time in so long and going back with friends, many of whom I hadn't seen in 20 years. Um, and then also with um, a few dear friends who I see regularly, you know, who are part of my life because I grew up with them in Denver or, you know, one in particular, or because, um, you know, one was my high school friend, sort of, not even really, but then became my college roommate. Hi, Sam. Um, And so, you know, there was this sort of hodgepodge, but I hadn't allowed myself to go to that vulnerable place of how that 16-year-old felt in high school uh, in a long time because it's it was a very uncomfortable place um, to go to in that podcast and to say, you know, this was a very difficult experience in my life in so many ways in all the ways that I shared in that episode about not being included in sports teams and, and the school musical and, um, just feeling socially awkward and just, gosh, all those things. I mean, just the mother load of teen angst. Um, and guys, I just, all I can say is, wow about my reunion. It was so wonderful. It was so special. It was so filled with so much positivity and so many wonderful people and such valuable conversations and connections and just this overall wonderful vibe. Starting from the moment I ran into my dear old friend, Molly, who I hadn't seen in 20 years when we met at the airport and drove to Choate from Hartford, Connecticut and talked like not a moment had gone by, even though our lives have gone in very different directions, uh, just in terms of location and, you know, not seeing each other. 
Um, you know, and then from the moment that we pulled up and had all this nervous energy and walked into, to Hill House, the main dining hall and walked through the big old dining room and the quote unquote senior section where you only got to sit when you were a senior and you know, the way that would make you feel when you would enter the dining hall surrounded by seniors on either side. And, you know, and we came upon this table of friends and it was amazing. I mean, Courtney from Denver and her family, her girls, and, and then really good friends who, I hadn't seen in 20 years and oh my gosh, those hugs and those hellos were just incredible. I mean, from the beginning, it was incredible. We walked all around, we went into the chapel and there were bagpipes playing. It was this beautiful day, blossoms blooming on the trees. It did rain a little bit, but we almost didn't even notice. We went to go visit our old dorm we laughed so hard. I mean, I haven't had belly laughs like that in so long. It was just hilarious. It was like all of the best of it came out immediately. And it just, it continued that way. You know, we had this um, event that night for just our class and I kept thinking to myself, this is a hilarious social experiment because there were probably over a hundred of us. And all of a sudden we were crammed into this room in this old, beautiful home where they had this dinner for us. And so if you wanted to try and avoid people and not see people or talk to certain people, you were screwed because you were knocking into them, bumping into them, elbowing into them. We were in this room and it was amazing because everywhere you turned were these friends and acquaintances and, and, and just totally positive energy. I mean, I was so happy to see everyone and I wasn't super close with every one of these people, but in that instant, it was like all of the angst faded away. The clicks were gone. The stress was not there. And everyone was so happy to see one another. And the weekend continued that way. And what I can say is that that was a common theme and thread of the weekend was people saying, there's just so much positive energy and people are so lovely and so happy and so happy to see one another and so happy to have conversations. And doesn't this just feel so good? It just feels so good. And it really, really did, you guys. It just felt so good. And it was a very different experience in terms of, you know, the way I attended the reunion and the things I did. I mean, A, number one, you know, I'm not drinking. Um, you know, I've been experiencing um, and practicing, I guess, this sober curiosity, which you know, for everyone does not mean not drinking, period. That's not at all what it means. It's different for everyone. But for me, I'm not drinking right now and very, very happily not drinking. Um, but I certainly had a moment before that first event on Friday night where I thought I could use a glass or two of wine to take the edge off. Like, that would be nice. But I didn't. I went into it stone cold sober and present. And it was incredible. I was so present. I was so present with every emotion I was having. 
but also so present and connected with every conversation I was having. And I cannot begin to tell you how incredible that was for me, but also how thankful I am for that experience because I knew at the end of the night exactly what conversations I had had, what had been said, what I had said, how I felt about it. And I woke up the next morning clear as day about all of that as well. And that was amazing for me. I just can't say it any more than that. Um, It just gave me so much joy and peace and confidence and allowed me to feel, ironically, allowed me to feel really confident about my participation in and presence at that reunion in a way that drinking wouldn't have because I wouldn't have been as in control of my behavior and my conversations and what I was saying. And so for me, it felt really, really good to be so present and aware. It also allowed me to get up early in the morning and be really awake and present. Um, And I went and participated in a yoga class that a classmate taught who um, was a lawyer and is now in her second act of life and is a yoga teacher and teaches meditation. And that was so inspiring to me because I absolutely am in my second act of life and experiencing that emotionally and psychologically and spiritually. And I believe I will be experiencing it with my career as well. Um, and so I was really inspired by her and she wasn't a friend of mine in high school, but she's this absolutely stunning, beautiful woman to look at Tara, um, and this incredible teacher. And so it was so fun to do that class and then sit on the grass outside in the sun, this beautiful day and have lunch with friends and talk and laugh and see friends who had brought their whole families and kids and watch them playing on the bounce house and, um, oh my gosh, ran into my favorite Latin teacher, Miss Best, who still looks wonderful and beautiful and remembered me. And that was just special. And ran into our Dean. We had deans. We had, um, they were called forms. So we had third, fourth, fifth, sixth form rather than ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade in high school. And Miss Blanchard was our girl's Dean. So she was responsible for us you know, making sure we were all okay academically and socially and in all the ways. I mean, imagine having that job. Wow. Um, but she, you know, saw me from across a lawn and yelled, Grace Peck, which I loved. It just made me so happy. I always love when people call me Grace Peck because Peck is my maiden name. Beeson is my married name. Um, of course, there's always Grace Peck inside there. I mean, she is always there. She will always be there. Right. And so it's incredible when someone sees you from your past and your grace pack. And it just, it's kind of brings tears to my eyes. You know, it's like that girl is there. Like she's there with me every day and we have, uh, evolved. We have made it through a lot together. She has, we have, I don't know. I'm one person. I'm a million people. (laughs) Um, I guess, but it's all Grace Peck and it's all Grace Beeson. Um, so that was really cool. And there, there was this feeling it showed of being Grace Peck, you know, you feel that feeling immediately of Grace Peck and who Grace Peck was there. And the incredible thing was how much I have felt over the years that I wanted to let that Grace Peck of high school go 
that that wasn't good enough or she wasn't good enough or strong enough or brave enough or successful enough. And the beautiful thing was seeing all of these people who knew that Grace Peck and didn't know Grace Peck in college or even Grace Peck in New York or who Grace Peck became as Grace Beeson or who Grace Beeson is as an adult. And there were so many people who were just happy to see that Grace Peck. Wow, I'm getting emotional. Um, Just happy to see that Grace Peck, who she was at 16, 17, 18, 15, 16, 17, 18. And they were just as happy to see that person. So that lesson is and was, and I'm really just, um, whew, uh, I'm just putting this all together right now that that Grace Peck was always enough. Um, I was always enough. It's hard to feel that way, though, when you're a teenager, isn't it? It was incredible, though, to see so many friends who I hadn't seen in so long. You know, PJ... I'm about to say names. I've got to stop saying names, but this boy who I had a crush on when I was a sophomore and who asked to a dance and, um, you know, saw him for the first time in 20 years. I mean, so funny. And, um, all these friends I used to hang out with in New York who I hadn't seen in so long. And, you know, now people are parents and, 20 years into their careers and such grownups, you know, I always think about the adults as the grownups and now we are the adults, we are the grownups, but we just had such good laughs and, um, and yeah, people enjoyed Grace Beeson and Grace Beeson is great. And Grace Peck in those New York years was great and wild and crazy and fun and all of that. But, but yeah, we were all connecting really ultimately about who we were then and who we were when we were there in that space on that grass and in those buildings young insecure unsure of ourselves even if people were parading around like they were super confident and they had it all together You know, the ones who thought they did, I'm certain of it now, they didn't. But everyone is in such a good place now, you know, at least the ones who came back. And I do realize that there are probably 200 people who didn't come back, many of whom probably who didn't want to, you know, plenty of whom who wanted to and couldn't make it happen. And unfortunately, several who have passed away um, in very tragic ways. Um, And our thoughts were with them for sure. But the ones who came back, you know, are in a really good place. And, and I know there's something to that, that people come back to reunion when they're feeling positive, but, 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 but there were also friends of mine, dear friends of mine who are going through things that are really challenging in life right now. And they came back anyway. We all have things we're going through and we did bring all that vulnerability with us, whether it was about things we're going through in life right now, today, or whether it was the vulnerability of who we were then. And we walked into it and we came together and we laughed and we danced to this band and we were silly in the photo booth and we told hilarious stories and 
Oh my gosh. I even, I did something else. I never have done at a reunion before. Two of my classmates, um, talked on panels and I went to listen to each of them speak. One of whom is a very successful, uh, young adult, uh, author. He writes books for young adults. His name is Abdi Nazemian. He's really brilliant and he also writes screenplays and for television so it was so fun to hear him talk while his little twin children climbed all over him it was so cute and then another amazing classmate tim fleischer who played for 10 years in the canadian football league um spoke because he's the executive director of an organization that studies um concussions in athletes, mostly football players and hockey players. And that was really incredible to hear him speak. And he was also inducted into the Choate uh, Hall of Fame for sports, Athletic Hall of Fame. Um, Yeah. So it was just, you guys, it was awesome. And for those of you who are there, I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad we were there together. It was a quick two days. It wasn't enough time. I do feel like I need some... Um, additional time with some really special girlfriends and we'll plan a time together. But it was absolutely incredible to be on campus with you again and uh, to see those of you who I don't regularly see or talk to and to see your faces again. It made me so happy. And in so many ways, which I'm sure you can imagine after listening to me talk and talk and talk um, on this podcast about this evolution that I'm experiencing personally and spiritually and emotionally and mentally and in all the ways, it was incredible to be there um, in in the ways that I was, it, just vulnerably, soberly, um, It was powerful, and I will never again return to high school with angst. I've let it all go. I mean, that feels amazing. Oh, there were plenty of people there who seem to have never experienced high school angst. I don't know. I don't know, but they, they seem to have never had it, and it was the highlight of their life. I do hope that they have had other highlights in their life besides high school because, um, you know, I, I feel like there's so much wonderful stuff in life to experience that happens after high school. But listen, if high school at Choate was your highlight, I'm happy for you that you had that and have that. And it was really an awesome experience. I can't say enough about it. And I don't know if it was being 43, you know, being 25 years away from that. Part of it had to be that part of it had to be age. I do think that I am, I am in a place and we are in a place where we have a far greater perspective on life. We've experienced a lot in life. We've experienced joy. We've experienced tragedy. We've experienced success and failure. Um, we have just been through a lot, right? I mean, 25 years since high school is a long time, not to mention what you experienced in high school and in those years before you got there. So we have um, led some incredible lives and it's been quite a long time. And um, I'm just really, I'm thankful for all of it. I'm truly, truly thankful to have gone and to have had that experience. And I am 
very, very thankful for the experience of having gone to that school. Thankful to my uh, father for giving me that opportunity. Um, very thankful to my mom for letting me go, even though I later learned how hard it was for her to let Mary and me go to boarding school and how much she wanted us at home, but she didn't speak up about it because it was really important to my dad and ultimately to her that we got such wonderful educations and we seemed to want to go there. And so she didn't stand in the way of it. Um, so I'm really thankful to her for never, um, lying down in the train tracks and stopping us, um, from taking risks and from leaping into being the people that we became. Um, I know Mary and I are both grateful for that and grateful for the opportunity of these incredible educations that we had. But I will say we worked very, very hard to make something of them because you can be sent to a place like that and you can fall on your ass and, um, not succeed. And we certainly went to these places and succeeded. And I'm really proud of us for that and proud of all of, all of these friends that I saw for that because, wow, they went on to incredible colleges and incredible lives and, more importantly, are incredible people. Um, so guys, I'm kind of emo today. <laughs> it's making me kind of teary. Um, I need to laugh some more. Oh my gosh. I can just hear my girlfriends in my head and it's making me smile and making me laugh. I mean, I told one friend, I, I literally almost choked on my dinner three times. This one friend was so funny and she was always so funny in high school. And I just, I just have not, like I said, I have not laughed that hard in so long. And I am just, it was the best. And we all need to find more ways to laugh like that. It gives you life. Like thinking about the conversations that I had is bringing me so much joy today. So thank you to those of you who commented on my high school reunion show and asked for um, an update. I I am so happy I can give it to you. Um, I'm so happy to have shared that experience with so many of you. And I hope this prompts more of you to go back to your reunions and just walk in there kicking ass, looking and feeling great and just being the amazing people that you are. Um, there's something really really cathartic about revisiting a time in your life that was not the easiest and wrapping your arms around it, you know, giving it and yourself a big hug about it and recognizing that it's in your past and that you have come so far from that moment and that so much of what you have achieved is because of persevering through that moment in time. So I'll leave you with that. Um, I, I love you. I, I appreciate you letting me be vulnerable and, and I am so grateful to know that so many of you are listening and that you want to be listening and that you want more. And as long as you want more, you're going to get it. I'm going to keep talking. Um, so make it a wonderful day. Take some time for yourself, whatever that means. Take 10 minutes. 
Um, you certainly deserve it. I'm going to take some time for myself here before I'm off and running, helping someone get married today. Uh, and, and just, you know, look around you and be grateful for all of this beauty that surrounds you, especially if you're having a hard day, find something great to focus on because, um, it will come to an end. It will. There is a bright side out there. So, okay, guys, sending you lots and lots of love. And I'll be back again soon. I've got lots more to share. Bye.